Back. My goodness. Did they I, um give an explanation on the thing? Went through, and uh-huh. it was like, "Hello, hello," and you weren't answering. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I think it's because I was texting you, and whenever I go out of the app, it gets weird. Anyway, um, so they give an explanation while we were gone on why he's bleeding before the match starts. What was that again? Did they give an explanation on why AJ's bleeding before the match starts? No. Yeah, all right. Well, he's just bleeding for reasons, people. Yeah, just reasons. Maybe he had a uh, jet ski accident like WrestleMania 9. That's got to be it. All the greats have them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as far as like the rest of night one, like I said, Austin and Owens was really good. I loved it. It was really good. The interview segment. I love the fact that it then devolved into a brawl. Um, which, you know, is good, is good because it wasn't a match. So Austin didn't have to worry about ring rust. They could just do whatever, you know, he was comfortable with. And they did a good job. I mean, it was still a match, technically. It was just a, it was just a, like a, no old fart. Yeah. No old fart match. Yeah. Yeah. I did, hear, I did hear some people bitching that they were like over promoting Austin's beer on there. And I'm like, what the fuck difference does that make? Oh. Yeah, whatever. I don't care about that. Yeah, that's not a big deal. Like that's a good reason for him to do this after 19 years is to do yeah. like promote the business that he's trying to run now. Yeah. No, I think that's fine. So, but yeah. So I like um, how I like how the mass advertising is, doesn't bother you. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know why. <laughs> maybe it should have, but nope. I'm good. I think it's because uh, it's Stone Cold. Yeah, maybe because the product that you know he's doing personally, it's not like a Derby shell thing. Because the Mike's Hard Lemonade stupid thing did bother me at the beginning of the show. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I like I said, I didn't, I didn't hate the show. I just got annoyed by certain things, and it just escalated to the point where I was almost in a rage. But you, but was, you didn't hate it. But you didn't hate it, people. But I didn't hate it. I didn't hate most of it. Like, looking back on it, the hatred was about the institution, not the show I was watching, if that can make any kind of sense. That makes sense. And if you Uh, people could see the text messages, you would not believe what he just said. (laughs) You would not believe that it was, that that he didn't hate the show. (laughs) Oh... Yeah, no. Part of that's also perspective because, like, I am a day removed from it, so I'm not really yeah feeling it as much. So, I also could have just been in mood yesterday because I wasn't like yesterday wasn't a great day overall. I didn't feel good, so maybe it was just all coming together. That might also have been it. Yeah, yeah. I think the only way to solve this is for you to watch the whole thing over again. Yeah, just I'll sit down tomorrow and watch the four hours that I'm not watching tonight. Yeah, maybe exactly. I'll, um, no, I think, honestly, I think I've made the right choice for my mental health. I don't think I'm going to be diving into any more WWE for quite a while. Um, 
I just I don't think I can handle it right now. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's just oh, that's so uh, man. That's insane to me. I just don't. I don't know. I think you're one of those people that like can't separate stuff, mm-hmm. and that like blows my mind. I'm like the exact opposite. I can separate anything and everything, basically. Like you know, yeah. like the same kind. Are you the kind of person that like can't separate uh like a an actor's out like stuff that he says outside, mm-hmm. um and his like like movie like his like filmography basically. Yeah, no, like I love the movie. Like for example, I love the movie Last Samurai. Um, I can't watch it, and I can't really watch any movie with Tom Cruise because I can't stand Tom Cruise and Scientology. Yeah, like, that's yeah. hilarious to me. <laughs> yep, yeah. I'm the exact opposite. I I think Tom Cruise is hilariously dumb as well. Guess what? I can watch anytime I want. Last <laughs> fucking Samurai. Want to know why? It's such a great fucking movie. <laughs> Yep. Nope. That's uh, I'm definitely that person. I, I never really thing. put it together before, but that yes, explains yeah. everything from last night. <laughs> um. But okay. So as far poor, as poor thing. Um. As far as that goes. By the way, I just out of curiosity. Now that you saw how, like, how much they put behind Cody, how much they like they did the pyro. They they really fucking went all out to show him as a big star, even though they were also kind of backhandedly shitty on AEW the whole time. Um, do you still think he's going to be buried in like six months? We'll have to see. I I still think that it'll probably happen, but I, I don't know. We'll have to see. And mm-hmm. I will say the, the only they weren't really shitting on AEW. What they they were just not acknowledging it, its existence. But that's yeah, that's fair. what WWE does. That's like that's fair. always been their rule. So that's like like I'm not gonna fault them for that. Like that's that's what they always do. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a change in form. It's but it was just it would have been shitting I, on. It would have been shitting yeah. on them if they had been like, oh, for the past six for the past few years, he's been in uh, Jacksonville in some pissant little flea market. I mean, the, they were like. I will say one time, a few times, there's like they were just a step away from saying it. They were to me, they were implying it when they said stuff like, you know, Cody hasn't wrestled at this level in six years. Like, what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, but again, yeah, that's they not... didn't say one thing like that. They were, they were like, oh, I don't think, I don't know if he's taking a bump like that in six years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like again, that's not new. That's not anything surprising. That's exactly how they've always handled yeah, other exactly. people and other companies. So yeah, yeah. Fair point. Um, but yeah, let's move on to stuff that I actually enjoyed wholeheartedly and did not make me rage. Um, uh, let's start with Super Card of Honor. Do we um, have to? That made me so angry. <laughs> fuck it. First of all, Swerve coming out and like I having am- a match with Lee Moriarty. I mean, come on. Really quick, one thing I do want to... What? He didn't face Lee Moriarty. Anyways... Oh, sorry. I mixed up the two matches. That was my fault. Really quick, what I do want to say is I am mad at myself that I didn't watch the pre-show. Oh, I didn't know there was a pre-show. Yeah, there was. And we missed uh, two things that were actually kind of important. Uh, mm-hmm. We missed Tully Blanchard showing off the new tag team that that came out afterwards again. Oh, Okay. So we would have we would have been aware of them, like what? Because it seemed really random to us. Like, oh, why are these two guys coming out? Oh, I guess they're with them. But they were already like on the pre-show. That's why we gotcha. So we okay. missed them. Also, fucking missed the 
quote unquote main event of the pre show, which was goddamn Joe Hendry, local hero Joe Hendry taking on Dalton fucking Castle. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry that we missed that for you, especially because, like, I'm sure it was awesome, but I don't have the same emotional. I'm sure resonance. it was too. But yeah, for so- yeah, I know it's because you don't know these guys. Uh-huh. You don't know Joe Hendry. I, I do sort of know Dalton Castle, but not nearly enough to be like overly like, oh my god. But still, I would have liked to watch the pre-show. Yeah. So yeah, that so that was unfortunate. <laughs> well, anyway, so then we got into the main card. Um. So what? What? Because I know Swerve was in the opening match. Who was his opponent again? Because I mixed the two up. Well, the reason that you don't remember is because it's someone neither of us really know anything about. Uh, it's a uh-huh. guy named Alex Zane. That's right. Yeah, the guy that had like the which, eye patch. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, he clearly is like a big indie guy. We just don't know him because uh, our our uh, your indie cred has never really existed, and I, mine is 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 just fading a little, and I need to get mm-hmm. back in on it. I mean, yeah, I'm a, we've all we've established I'm a lazy wrestling fan. If I can't easily access yeah. it, I'm not going to hunt it out. But um, as far as the match itself went, it was really good. Like it was an awesome opener. Uh, just yeah, I, I, there's nothing bad to say about it. It was fast paced and really got everybody way into the uh, pay per view moving forward. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great match. And then um, like lots see. of back and forth mm-hmm. that. I just, I always, I forget what it's called, but every time, every time Swerve hits that, like, that fucking, like, sidekick that he does. Right. Oh, and wasn't, that was the match also, if I remember right, because there's so many cool highlights, but wasn't Swerve the one that hit that dropkick where he just seemed to hang in the air for, like, ever before he hit it? No. Oh, that's somebody else? Damn. You're thinking of the main event. Okay. I'm mixing up so much shit. Man, we should have done well, this I mean, right to be after. Fair, they do it like there, there's there's like a few people that do it on on the card. Fair. All right. Um. Let's see. I I'm not gonna remember this thing. Do you like happen to have the list or know who was next after that? Yeah. Uh, after that was the uh the the amazing superstar, super mm-hmm. mega omega star known as Ninja Mac. Uh huh. Taking on Tully Blanchard's new client, which we found out was Brian Cage. I saw He's some back. people. I saw some people say online Tony Khan remembered that he ha- he hired Brian Cage. Um, actually, he did. Uh, Tony Khan did come out and say some stuff where he's like, you know, I've been thinking about Brian Cage for a while, and I couldn't talk about. I knew that this is what I want to do, but I couldn't talk to him about ROH because it had to be secretive. Yeah. So, but like he's had this idea of putting Brian Cage with Tully, and um, it just didn't make sense to bring him back and have him go against Team Taz when they're doing so much right now with Swerve and Keith, which is what he knew he was going to do. Right. So that's sort of why Brian Cage is kind of left in the wind, even though I think Tony Khan had this idea the whole time. So, um, but yeah, as far as the match goes, Brian looked dominant as always. Tully looked good. Uh, giving Brian advice, I think it is a really nice package. I really do like the group, and I like I said, we don't get to see the tag team on the pre-show, but all together they look like a really formidable uh, team for ROH or AEW, whichever or both. 
or both. Yeah, it was. It, it is really interesting because, like, when you look at like all three of those guys are like big dudes, and mm-hmm. usually a, a a group or a trio or whatever, it's not all big guys. You know what I mean? Right. Like you might get a tag team of big guys every once in a while, but like usually if it's like a faction of some sort or a group or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. usually it's like you know you have like one big dude, and then like a then you know normal guys. Yeah, but all but three dudes are like big. I think this will work out because it's obviously set up so it'll be the tag team and the single star and Brian Cage. Yeah, exactly. So I think it'll work out. Um. So after that which was basically a swatch match. Uh, what was the next one? I think it was Jay Lethal, but I might be wrong. You were right. It is Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty. This match was fire, bro. <laughs> it was so 100. Don't have anything else to say about it. Um, I really, this match was really good. I love the psychology. Great storytelling. Yeah, great storytelling. But uh, like I think we said it a few times, this is the most personality we've seen out of Lee Moriarty ever like it just yeah. in the first few minutes is like where the fuck has this been for the last six months whenever he's on tv because like yeah, i knew exactly. yeah we've seen him a bunch of times but he just never really stood out for some reason and then all of a sudden for some reason on roh with jay lethal it's like yep right there so and it looks like yeah. he might be a big deal coming to roh as we'll talk about later I think so. I think a part of it, and I I wasn't watching ROH at, at the at the very very end, so I'm not entirely sure. But mm-hmm. I think a part of it is like towards the end of ROH, it was I think he was like a rising star in it. I think that's might be why. Right. So he's got some built up cred there, and he feels maybe, maybe. He feels more comfortable in ROH. I feel it yeah. because they were showing him they were showing something with him in uh-huh. ROH prior. They had some sort of like pre thing that they showed. So he was there at least for a little bit of some sort. Yeah, that makes sense. It definitely feels a little out of nowhere if he didn't have any history. So I feel like he must have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like the match itself goes, the ending, like, it's just, I love the fact that it was a low blow, almost exactly like Adam Cole did to Jay Lethal on Dynamite, is how the match ends. And Jay Lethal yeah. just looks so distraught. Like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> just. Uh, it was his Anakin turning to the dark side moment. Yeah. And then Side Elk goes in there just yell, yelling at him. And mm-hmm. Lebo's just like, fuck you, cripple. <laughs> Knocks the crutch, kicks the crutch right away from him. Beats the shit out of him, too. And then, because, like I said, just based on my history of Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt's always somewhere, comes in and like plays Peacemaker, trying to get Jay Lethal to see reason. So... All just yeah. really good, um, and that, and we'll talk a little bit more about that because has more to do with later on in the show too. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. If, I'm trying to think of what would the next would the next match be the uh, women's title? Yeah, well, okay. Willow Nightingale and Mercedes Martinez, another solid match. Yeah, and like you didn't know, this is one of those weird moments where I had more information than you about an indie person because I knew who Willow Nightingale was from like Dark. Yeah. And yeah, she, like, she's not even come close to the main like storyline for AEW, but she definitely has the skills to hold up in a match. And this was a really good match. There was a lot of back and forth. I even thought a couple of times she might win it, um, but I pretty much knew just based on the fact that Martinez has the more mainstream uh, 
more AEW like you know cred. I was say more was... AEW, more AEW mainstream to be specific. Yeah, no. If you're like, there was definitely a theme, and we'll we'll be getting into it as it as we progress. But there was definitely a theme of AEW's taking over. Yeah, or at least like people that have been featured on AEW are going to be like on the top for at least a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, good match. Uh, I forget. There was like a crazy like uh, powerbomb move off the top rope that I thought was going to be the end, and I actually had to get up in the middle of it. I was like, oh, this match will be over by the time I get back. And then I come back like five minutes later, it's still going. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, the um, only thing that was really unfortunate was, mm-hmm. was like towards the end, there were a few sloppy moments that right. kicked in towards the end. Basically like after that top rope, uh, power bomb that you're talking about. So that was a little unfortunate. Um, but I mean, once I mean, Mercedes locked in like a sick dragon sleeper to finish it off. At, like the dragon yeah. sleeper looked really good, so that, that that's fine. Yeah, and I'm we made fun of this when it happened on AEW, the interim women's champion. Um, I like you told me because I don't know UFC, you told me that they're doing it because it is like a UFC thing. Which is fine. It's still not something I'm crazy about. I I would still be much better with the number one contender, but that whatever. It's they want to do it this way. It basically just means number one contender, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah. I, I that'll be a good match whenever it happens. It'll be interesting to see if the um, uh, multi champion gets to keep the ROH title, um, or if she's going to end up losing that before she loses her Triple A title. So. That will be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah, it's so that's one of those weird things that we talked about later in the night too, with uh, titles from other companies on um, what the person that's promoting the show that they're on can actually do with them. Yeah. But um, all right. So after that match, I'm trying to think of what else there was. I want to say it was the tag titles, but I don't think I thought there was something else before that. Well, the tag titles. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it was that. Oh, good. <laughs> I was like, what did I forget? All right. Um, okay, first of all, I I really loved the fact that I got to see this match. I was really afraid that um, I was only going to hear about this match on the indies somewhere and never get to see it. Uh, but, yeah, I really loved the Briscoes versus FTR. Holy really? <laughs> mushrooms. Oh, just... <laughs> Uh, I I did comment at some point that the Briscoes character, their gimmick seems to just be as they get older, just more meth, just <laughs> just constantly farming meth is what it looks like they're doing. Uh, but it, they make it work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the ma- match itself was crazy. I love the um, a lot of the spots. The one that really stood out was the slingshot into the uh, uh, timekeeper's table that busted Jay open. That's the one that oh, really yeah. got me. Man, the, yeah. dude, these these four guys beat the ever loving hell out of each other. Man, mm-hmm. it was it was so it was so good. And I said this to you while we were watching it. It was really refreshing to see yeah. FTR in a match like this because they don't really get to do this in AEW. Like all their matches in AEW are against tag teams that aren't really like physical like this. You know, right. Yeah, that's true. Like the tag teams that are, there are tag teams I think in AEW that can do this, but a lot of them are not 
fully developed yet. Like I think of like Bear Country. Oh I think, yeah, yeah. Um, they could do it. I think the House of Black. But you're right. For the most part, FTR at this point has got has fought people like the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks, which lead to great matches, but they're not the same like punching yeah, the mouth exactly. style. They're great match. matches, but they're not like they're not physical in the same way, you know? Right. But um, yeah, it was a really good match, and there was once or twice. Like again, I think it's the shows that the cool way. I don't know how he does it. I don't know exactly what makes him different. Maybe it's just that I'm more open minded because clearly I'm not when I watch WWE. Nope. Um, but false finishes work for me in stuff that Tony Khan is producing. Um, and I thought a couple times maybe the Briscoes might pull it out. But at the end, I think it was the right thing to have FTR win those titles, especially just because part of their gimmick is just building this insane resume, which at this point I think is only missing the New Japan titles. And yeah. uh, they might be the most decorated tag team in all of history at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, yeah, now FTR are both the AAA and ROH champions, which is important because after the match, the Young Bucks came out, and I actually texted you this while I was watching Rampage, which I didn't finish all the way, but I, I did enjoy this detail. Um, the Young Bucks were wearing, along with Brian Cutler, were wearing the exact same outfits that they wore on the Rampage that was on the same night. Like, the attention to detail that it's supposed to be like that they somehow left Rampage and got all the way to where Supercard was happening to attack the Briscoes just was spectacular. I love that attention to detail it made me really happy um but yeah as far as like the attack on the briscoes it made me wonder and you you and i both wondered if the briscoes are ever going to get a chance to like get their heat back if this is like the start of them trying to use them in the new roh um it seems very unlikely it's yeah you know but it's you know it's if it's the way they have to go out, it's a good way to go out to give heat to the Young Bucks and to help the ROH continue, even if they can't be a part of it. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see. And I think I, I I said this when we were when we were watching, like, like it's not like the Briscoes are doing stuff in like other places. Like, I think they were like you had mentioned that they were on NWA. Yeah, they won the Crockett Cup, which is a big deal. Yeah. But they're also, and I, I told you, I, as if I remember correctly, they were also doing like GCW stuff. Yeah. Which ever since ROH had, had gone away, basically became like the biggest like indie company. Right. Which I think at this point they still would. I wouldn't count ROH as indie count. anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, neither would I. So yeah, no, at this point, GCW is kind of like the biggest indie company. So I did love Matt's promo, by the way, of. Oh, remember us? We're the guys that left here, started our own company, and then bought ROH. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like that's all very true. There's nothing that's a lie about that statement, but it was really funny the way he threw it in the fans' faces. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the but what comes out of that is on Dynamite, we're going to get to see uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks, and now it's going to be for both sets of tag titles, which is really interesting. Yeah. So. Um, so let's see after the tag title matches, I'm trying to think was it the TV title mixed? Yep. Woo. Look at me go remembering stuff. Look at you. Uh, it's amazing what you can do with stuff that you're interested in. 
Yeah. I forget who was like the third match on. Oh, no, I remember who the th- it was. Uh, uh, Drew McIntyre and uh, Happy Corbin, which I had problems with for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, the uh, TV title match was really good. Uh, the insane grandpa, yeah. Minoru Suki <laughs> versus uh, Rhett. And, um, I guess. Yeah, Red Titus. I, I remembered his first name. I feel like I should get credit for that. Uh, uh, I really, this is a good match. I was not expecting Suzuki to win. It's kind of weird that they're giving the TV title to, basically giving it to New Japan for the for the foreseeable future, unless he's sticking around the States for longer. I um, think that's what's going on. I think he's sticking around the States for a little while, because I think he's doing like New Japan strong. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, so I like I this is a complaint that I've seen that they were that it was clearly AEW putting over their guys. I don't think that's true. I think other people point out that they weren't doing that on the whole. Uh, but they were I think what was what we're seeing is people that Tony Khan actually has a contract with that he can, you know, rely you know, to be there. Use. Yeah. Right. That he can use. Now he has well, the on those people. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing is, like, a lot of these guys aren't signed, you know, a lot of, like, the former champions and stuff, like, they're not signed with AEW or anything. Right. They're just, most of them are just coming back because it's the right thing to do in the business to come back when you have the title to, exactly. you know, to basically pass it on so the story can continue. So, yeah, I I, I think it's interesting to give that title to Suzuki. It's, as they point out, it's his first ever American. They wanted to call it his first ever American world title. Uh, no, it it's is a the, TV our, title. It is the World Television Championship. <laughs> you can you can put the word "world" in front of anything. It doesn't make it a world have like a world championship to me. Like it's a television championship. It's not doesn't mean it's not prestigious. It just means it's different. Um, yeah, but, but whatever, um, I, it is fun that he, it's his first American title after like 33 years in the business. Um, yeah, I'm actually really interested to see what they do with that. Like who he starts feuding with if ROH starts doing more regular stuff, like how they use him. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll, I'll, huh. Can I give assume... can I give spoilers for what I'm watching right now? Sure. Yeah, fuck it. Spoiler warning. Uh-huh. Edge and AJ Styles just finished. Uh-huh. Uh Edge won due to interference by Damian Priest. Huh. Damian Priest is now with Edge. That's okay. And I, Edge I... was wearing like Edge was kind of wearing like Undertaker attire, kind of not re- like I mean, I mean like Undertaker colors, right? Like he was doing like purple and black, kind of like it, you know, to like pay homage or whatever. But yeah, they're yeah, Edge is doing like this more because he's like a he's a heel now. Yeah. So he's he's doing so he has like a new entrance music, or well, new new for us because. No, right. I don't know. It may be something he's been using for the past few months or whatever, but how the fuck we know? I think uh, he started um, using it right after he like low blowed AJ. So okay. it's been a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so now uh now he's got Damian Priest with him. That's an interesting combination. 
Maybe I they'll mean, add more people. Who knows? I remember Damien Priest's whole NXT gimmick reminded me very much of early Edge. Yeah. So I, it kind of makes sense. So we'll have to see what they do with it. And by yeah, C, so I mean, Damien Priest is now like heel, and he's got he's doing more of like the Damien part of the Damien Priest name, right? <laughs> Instead of the Priest, yeah. far more Damien. Uh, yeah, could, so that'll be interesting. I could see that, that working work well. as a combination. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Damien Priest can learn some stuff from Edge. Um. All right. But yeah. Back to the super card after the TV title. I think was the Pure Championship, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. Right. And Josh the Goods Woods versus a guy who technically won't beat him, Wheeler Yuta. Who the fuck is this Yuta kid? Just um, so the dude has been showing some real some real gutspa, gutspa, some real brass balls. Apparently, apparently when William Regal slaps you, you become a much better fighter. <laughs> yeah, <intense>. right? <laughs> that's that's gotta be what happens. Um, yeah, the match itself, I really, this is the first time I've ever seen the Pure Championship. I really love the idea. I didn't realize that it had its own set of rules, and I like the rules of it um, as like a gimmick match. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed the whole match. I Yuta definitely is coming out of a shell, and I could see him being a very big yeah. part of the new ROH at this point. Absolutely. Uh, some other people I'd love to see, by the way, are Brock Anderson coming there and be part of this new ROH, but... We'll see and, what happens yeah, in the coming weeks. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. It, it, we literally just had this happen, so let's let's wait. Let's wait and see what happens before I, we throw I, too much. I love Brock so much, and he reminds me of his dad, and I want him to get experience. Uh, but no, as far as the match stuff goes, it was really good. It was really great back and forth. Um, a lot of chain wrestling, which was hard. Not hard to watch, but I was like, I could see here that it kind of like took the sails out of the crowd a little bit um, at certain points, but it was um, really good chain wrestling in that it was very smooth counters and, uh, you know, escapes into other holds, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, Wheeler Yuta, I don't really like his capture pin, but I mean, it's fine. I just. It, doesn't look as effective as I think it should to be a like a, a unique capture well, pin, if that makes sense. I think I, I think it's less about the well, at least now, like now I think it's a lot less about the pins, or mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot less about the pin, and a lot more about the uh, uh, like the the Brian Danielson like albums. That yeah, had. that's true. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, because you definitely took that from Danielson and it, it showed. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really happy he's the pure champion. And I can't wait to see what they decide to do with him as that with that title, especially if he shows up in AEW with it, which I'm assuming he will. I'm assuming he will. Be but yeah, I hope, I, this should lead. I, I'm assuming this has to lead, maybe not immediately, mm-hmm. but pretty soon I feel like this has to lead to... Uh, him joining, you know, Black, Blackpool, uh, Blackpool Club. Yeah, Their I think you're right. Yeah, I have trouble with it too. Fight Club, Combat Club, it's hard. Uh, but I think you're right. I think I could definitely see a segment where he shows up with a belt and not in these words, but basically says, uh, Mr. Regal, look what I got. Can I have a place in the club now? Uh, or, you know, he'll punch Regal in the face. I don't know. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's the same thing to me. Um, but yeah, so I think you're definitely right. I think that definitely is another step towards that happening, which is good. I think it, I think it's a much better place in fit form than the best friends were at this point. Uh, especially since Danhausen's there, they don't really need him for anything now that Trent's back. So he's much better off coming off and doing his own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. After the pure championship, I think that's the world title, right? Because I don't think there's anything yep. else. And, th- and the one, part of the reason I remember that is because there's a lot of grappling in the world title match as well, which we commented on. It was weird that they were put next to each other like that, but there was also a lot of lucha, so it kind of balanced itself out. Yeah. Wow, a um, lot of technical and a lot of lucha. That's crazy considering the two competitors in the main event were Jonathan Gresham and Bandito. Huh. Who would yeah. thought? I was expecting much more European uppercuts is really what I was expecting. Uh, so I, I like the match. I really like the, um, I thought it interesting that Chavo was a part of the show. Uh, I wondered how that actually went over with all the stuff that's recently happened with Chavo and Tony Khan in, in the, you know, dirt sheets and shit, but well, he's there. So apparently they were able to work together for this night. But I did like the psychology of Bandito, like at one point just throwing out his own manager for interfering. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're clearly, you clearly getting the full face stupidity. Uh, yeah. Bandito <laughs> you know, ain't no dirty you. He's going to win this with honor and respect and not at all get beaten like 30 seconds later. Yeah. But um, yeah, the overall match was really good. Um, a lot of solid wrestling. Uh, first time I've seen either of these guys, and I was impressed by both. Um, I really like Grisham. I think he, I, what I love about him is he's very much a, uh, as you said, technical chain wrestler. But the fact that he wears that mask and like has his own flag, so he also kind of molds in some um, showmanship is really impressive because you don't see that a lot from guys like him. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I, dude, I love me some Jonathan Gresham. He's so good. He's so talented. He's so talented. In fact, he became the undisputed uh, ROH world champion. Yes, indeed. Yes, he did. And then Jay Lethal. Was show. Nothing else happened. We can, we can quit. Right. I was going to say, Jay Lethal wanted to congratulate his one time mentee, just wanted to be a nice guy and send the people home happy. And Grisham overreacted, is what happened. <laughs> no, Jay Lethal just did like I forget how good he is at heel because like I've just I've been so used to him being a face most of the time I've seen him, but I do know that he does really good heel work. And then to see him just like switch it on this pay per view to be that good of a heel to come out and be like, listen, everybody knows that I need to have the world title shot, so why don't you just give me the world title shot? And then uh, him and Sanjay Dutt dastardly twins of evil attacking yep. Grisham and Liam Moriarty getting his ass kicked too by trying to come out and help. And then nothing else happened. Like you said, it was just uh, the heels win. They stood over the fallen faces and uh, we went to black and uh, yeah, actually, well, that's when I stopped watching. Did anything else happen? Like while you were watching? No, no. I mean, there was some sort of weird, like general Godzilla roar. Uh, oh yeah that's right godzilla ripped the roof off the arena yeah um, yeah i think that's what it was 
of course we're we're joking and we're not doing a good job. Samoa Joe showed up of all people. And um yeah, that that Samoa Joe, not any of the other Samoa Joes we might no, know. This of. was like this this was like this was like badass, like pre WWE Samoa Joe, basically. Yeah, and he uh I like I don't know his whole history of Jay Lethal. I know there is history there, um, but yeah, they de- definitely are setting up that he's going to be the counterbalance to whatever heel stuff Jay Lethal's thinking he's going to do. And uh, Samoa Joe also decided to choke out Sanjay Dutt just for shits and giggles. Yeah, and uh, I actually saw his post uh, pay per view interview as part of it, where he's saying like, "Yeah, I'm a really good commentator. I'm a good mentor. No, that matters. I'm here to kick the shit out of people." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy. He, so, he was, when he talked about that stuff, he was just like, because he talked about when he was, he, how he was fired and everything. And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah. He was like, you know, when with all the health stuff going on with Triple H and then William Regal getting let go, I kind of knew my time was up. Right. That's he fair. was just like, we were kind of like a, we were, like all of us together were kind of like a brain, like a, a, a brain trust or whatever he called it. And it's right. just like, and, you know, they, they wanted to go in a different direction. So I, I knew I was done. Yeah. No, he's definitely, yeah, he was definitely the, the mindset. Well, he didn't seem like he had any hard feelings or anything. So that's good. I mean, at a certain very point, I think at a certain point, cause he's been in it so long, he's seen changes of regimes before and he's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I'm not going to fit into that. Like yeah. he, knew, he knew once he saw what was changing. So but yeah, I um the other thing is that it's not just that he's an ROH. It, like the big news is he's all elite, so I guess he's going to be showing up on Dynamite as well. Which yep. I don't know who I want to see him fight, but just everybody I think would be fun. How is that? Uh, con- I was just thinking, like, how are those contracts going to work? I'm thinking, like, for like people, like, there's going to be specifically ROH contracts and specifically AEW contracts. Because I don't think Jonathan Gresham signed an AEW contract. I don't, you know what? I honestly don't know. I, I don't know what, how you would legally, um, my guess would be that ROH in actuality, even though they're going to treat it like its own thing is going to be more of, uh, basically another show under the AEW umbrella. So you'll right. sign an AEW contract, even if you work for ROH. Okay. Honestly, cause like, there's no like Jonathan Gresham is all elite. Right. They, I mean, they could definitely do like a like an NXT thing where you have a the NXT contract is different than a main roster contract. I, I that's lawyer stuff maybe. that I'm not sure what what would be the right way to go about it. Yeah, I I'm gonna assume maybe they might follow that model, especially if they're gonna use that as their developmental, because it'd be it'd be easier to have a developmental contract where you can be fired more readily if you're not performing. So. Um, all right, so that pretty much brings us to the end of Supercard. Uh, I think we're going to get into some AEW, but I think before we do, I'm going to take a quick break here, mostly because uh, Jen ordered some food, and uh, we'll be right back with you guys. Huh? And we're back. Whoa. Edge has his new faction and all sorts of other stuff's happening. Johnny Knoxville's doing stuff and whatever. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, as far as like what we're actually going to talk about, it's time to move into AEW. Um, I didn't get to finish Rampage all the way, uh, so I might not have all the update information, but uh, we can still talk about what's been going on in general. Um, I think it's easy, 
easiest just to go through different like the different titles to start with, just so we can go through the feuds and see what we think is going on. I think that's been the best way for us to keep it straight in our heads because we're doing like two weeks worth of shows, don't you think? Yeah, that's fine. So we'll start with the uh, the women's. Well, let's start with the TBS title because then we'll go up to the uh, world title. Um, so who do you, I don't think they announced it. Who do you think the uh, mystery MMA opponent's going to be? No, they did announce it. Oh, they did? Who is it then? I, I yeah, didn't catch the name. It's Shafir. Uh, should I know this person? Because I don't know this person. Been on Dark and stuff. Marina Shafir. Uh, oh, yeah. I just haven't seen her then. Because like, I've been watching Dark very spottily. All right. Um, also, she's a part of the four horsewomen of MMA. With, oh, like, with okay. Ronda Rosie and Shane Baszler. Gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Um, I don't. What? I'm a little bit concerned about the match. Then, do you think that uh, Jade can carry? <laughs> I seen her at all, but I, I just assume she's horrible. No, well, it's true. I haven't seen her since like her NXT days, but just yeah. in general, I don't know how. Like, in just in general, MMA people we we've been talking about it don't always translate well. Do you think that she can have a good match with Jade Cargill? I think it'll it'll be interesting. I think it can. I think she can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if it'll happen, but I think it mm-hmm. can happen. Because I we also have to remember that Jade's still like really new herself. Yeah, and by the way, that was the main reason that I had misgivings. It's not that uh, not necessarily her opponent. It's the fact that Jade is so young, and I would assume that she's going to have to carry this match, and she hasn't had to do that yet. That's what I was a little worried about. Yeah, I think um, it'll be. I think it can happen. I think it can be a good match. I hope it's a good match. So, but we'll see what happens. I did like the um, the bringing in the of the librarian as the other possible contender. It's just like, oh my god, you're still there. Like, yeah, I mean, you would know that if you watch the podcast or podcast. You would know that if you watch the vlogs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't watch everybody's blog. I watch Dan Housen's blog, and that should be enough. No, it's not. What? It, you don't even it, watch the best one. No, I did. I watched the one with FDR. No, watch BTE. Oh, you mean it's the best vlog, not the one. Yeah. The best Dan yeah, Housen vlog. Oh, right, 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 right. Is Dan Housen on BTE? Uh, not really. Then I don't see the point. You're insane. <laughs> Uh, no, I really should watch BTE, but um, yes, uh, in general, I don't watch the the vlogs, so I guess I that's why I didn't know she was still a thing. You're not into comedy. I mean, I really love Dan and stuff, and his is like 90% comedy. <laughs> so it's not the hatred of comedy, it's literally just not having the motivation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, I will make a promise to our listeners, all tens of them. I will start watching BTE more regularly so that we can talk about it when we talk about AEW stuff, especially because yeah. occasionally it does overlap. Yeah, it does. That is actually another reason you should watch it. That little yeah. little things do happen in it. Yeah, I know. There's definitely storylines that have started on BTE and stuff that you you get more out of it if you're watching BTE. I will admit that. So. Like Hangman wearing that bejeweled vest a few weeks ago that was teased on BT. Right. Um, all right. So, yeah, with that, so, yeah, we're going to keep our eyes on the TBS title match. 
Uh, I like there's nothing that says it can't be good. Just not not like overly not a hundred percent sold on it. Hopefully, it, it exceeds my expectations. I guess. Hopefully, what I should say, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I like, you have to understand we're a part of it is that Jade Cargill hasn't been too too impressive, at least to us. Mm-hmm. I think for for how limited time she has had in the ring, I think she's doing fine. Mm-hmm. I just don't like I just don't like being people being pushed so fast when they're not yeah. like in ring ready. Even yeah. if her mic skill like her mic skills aren't terrible. And she has no, some like Sterling helping. She's pretty good at the heel promo. She's very she's yeah. pretty good at like getting that across. Honestly, but, like, I need in I need I, I need in ring like I need good in ring yeah. matches though for me to be invested. Yeah, honestly, and I and I love the the way it went back in the day, but honestly, it's the Goldberg syndrome in that if they keep pushing her this fast without her getting the chance to really develop, like really get some matches under her belt, what we're gonna see is in about I don't know two years she'll be on top of the mountain, but she'll have like three moves that she can hit in a match, yeah. and uh, anything beyond that'll be a problem. Exactly. So, but I will say, um, so far, if I were going to compare them like point to point where they are in their development, she is actually ahead of where Goldberg was at this point in his streak as far as like what she's been able to do in the ring. That well, I mean, it's yeah. also two different time periods. You can't, I, I hate comparing yeah, people true. in different time periods. Because yeah. like the way wrestling was done back then was different from now anyways. Fair. Yeah, you could definitely get away with less moves, um, and not even in a bad way. Just you didn't need to have like an arsenal of over a hundred moves to be a successful professional wrestler back then. Yeah, you just you could get away so, with a lot less. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess that's, that's, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, in general, I just because I'm a huge sports fan, and I don't like doing that for for sports either. Like, yeah. I, I hate comparing people of different like time periods. Right, we get it. You don't think Michael Jordan's the best ever. It's fine. Um, you're LeBron all the way. I understand. It's fine. Maybe you gotta touch yourself. Uh, anyway. I don't appreciate uh, so, okay. sports evidence is being made by someone who doesn't watch sports. I mean, I feel like it was a pretty good one for somebody that like has very little sports reference uh, I mean, in their repertoire. literally the only one someone with no sports knowledge could make. I mean, I could have like compared him to Kobe, but Kobe, I don't know, just is dead. Yeah. So, makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. So let's move on to the women's world title. Uh, Naya, um, the fuck? Why the f- Nyla Rose? Why the hell did that happen? My brain just shorted up. It happens to me randomly sometimes too with people. So, yeah. Anyway, Nyla Rose is clearly the next contender for the women's title. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't mind the buildup, but really this does fall into the category of the one kind of tell that AEW has is that they're not about quick title changes. Yeah. Ever. So like the first defense is almost all a guaranteed win for the champion. So when it's something that I think could actually be pretty interesting, it kind of takes me out of it. Just because, like, this might be a good build-up, but it's going to build to Thunder Rosa winning. Something we know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but as that far as, like... Said, 
Yeah. AEW also does a good job, which we already said before. AEW does a good job of false with false finishes and stuff. So that's true. I will say probably a few times in that match, whenever it happens, I will think that they're going to do a quick Nyla win yep. and uh, like take that off thunder. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's going to happen to both of us. Yeah. We're going to go into it being like, Oh, 100% sure. Thunder Rosa wins. And there will mm-hmm. be at least one or two times in the match. We'll be like, Oh shit. They're going to change hands. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yep. Which I mean, as a wrestling fan in this day and age, that's that's a very good gift to get from a wrestling company. So, yep, love it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm liking the build up. I thought the the weird semi racism stuff from Vicky Guerrero about go back to Mexico and shit was kind of unnecessary, but whatever. Like I just a lot of people online seen also says like that didn't really feel necessary. To, yeah. That down, yeah. road, down that road, but whatever it was, people are too sensitive. And I think I'm assuming Thunder Rosa probably was okay with it, she probably signed off on yeah. it, so, which I makes me been. okay with it. Yeah, no, I like don't I get said, offended for other people. It's not gonna turn off, it's not gonna turn off the TV. I just don't think it was. Um, you could have written it, you didn't have to write it that way. You could have done something. Yeah. Well, I'm not even saying writing because they don't writers. You could have chosen something yeah, else to attack in the promo. I Man. guess is what I should say. Thunder Rosa was cool with it, so I have no reason to not like it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so that storyline. Like I, I don't gonna... get offended for other people. So. Gotcha. I'm gonna guess because it's coming up. That'll probably take place at Battle of the Battle of the Belts, uh, that Nyla and Thunder match. Um, let's see. So the TNT title, that's, yeah, I didn't get to see the whole segment, but that's definitely heating up with Sammy Guevara getting a return match. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I'm, I want to point this out because this is something we did complain about with AEW, and they've done a good job of reworking uh, it while still keeping the ranking system alive in that they are able to build stories where a return match is possible. Um, without like completely shitting on the ranking system, which was a problem early on because you just had these great feuds, but once you got to the match, it was it. It was like a one-month thing instead of like a two- or three-month build. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if uh, Sammy... I really haven't been able to gauge the crowd, but I think Sammy might be better served right now as being a heel because I think a lot of the internet heat is that him and Ty are not that popular online right now, which yeah. I yeah. I don't think matters. But I feel like if if it really is translating to heat from the audience, it, he might be doing better as a heel. But yeah, maybe I'm I wrong. Maybe maybe, I, I yeah, yeah, I think I'm not, I don't know. I, in general, I'm not a huge fan of like couples being on together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since we lost Cody and Brandy as a couple on TV, you've been really heartbroken. It's been hard for yeah, you to right. trust again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, so I kind of fall in that category too. Like, it's like the moment they were basically together, I was like, oh, I've lost interest. Yeah. I know we don't like, I know we shit on him a lot, but I really do think he's writing this. Uh, Jim Cornette has pointed out many times that you, you can't be a face and have like a beautiful girl as your manager because it just, it naturally just stirs the ire 
of the audience. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I don't think he's right on everything or a lot of things even, but I think on that one, I think history proves that that's pretty true. That wrestling, yeah, manager, you should be a heel. So, um, all right. But so there's that. And I, I did like this segment for the little bits I've saw. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but Sammy destroying a car, always fun to let the wrestlers get out there and destroy a car with a baseball bat. So that was fun. Um, Let's see. After that, the so the other well non-title match, but like mid-card thing going on is Team Taz versus Keith Lee and Swerve. Um, I'm just curious, like, because obviously he's going to keep building and doing other things. I think, but what do you think of this as like Keith Lee's first like program in AEW? I was perfectly fine with it. I like it a lot. I I like what they've been doing with it. I I like I really I really like Swerve and Keith Lee together. I don't think it's going to be like a permanent tag team or anything, but I like that they are like allied basically in this right. battle. I really like that because they're just like they have, they're they're just they're very naturally like good together. Like mm-hmm. Keith Lee being done with a match, and as they're walking out together, Swerve still just like jumps on his back and like like rides on his back up the ramp for a little I bit. Mean, who wouldn't do that if, if you had the chance? Cause Keith Lee could just pick up anybody yeah. and carry them like a baby. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the pairing myself. I think the storyline's good. I think obviously yeah. I think team Taz has sort of fell into um, the welcome wagon of AEW in that yeah. anybody new that comes in kind of has to go through team Taz before they get to anything else, which I think is a good place to be that you kind of need that uh, in a wrestling company, especially one that's going to be so heavily based on factions. Yeah, Um, I I completely agree. And I really, I'm really enjoying this because like Starks and Hobbs have looked like really good in this feud so far. Like they've looked really strong, both of them, especially Hobbs, man, dude. Hobbs has spoken killer since the, basically since the ladder match. He's been looking crazy good. Okay, Sorry, you cut out there for a minute, but you said that Hobbs has been just looking really good since the ladder match? Yeah. Yeah, we had a weird thing, but I just want to make sure we cover it. Yeah, yeah, he's been looking really strong ever since the ladder match, including the ladder match. Like, I thought he looked really good in the ladder match. Gotcha. Yeah, no, he really did. I think it was, I think he's on his way. I don't know if team Taz is where he gets his big push or if he's going to break away from them. Uh, I kind of like it to be in team Taz, like maybe get a TNT title run out of it yeah, uh, or something. That would be kind of cool. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, man, I want, cause they're both that they're both like, I think the reason why I'm enjoying this so much is because all four guys are, I feel like are future champions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think every one of those guys could and should be a world champion at some point. Um, and they're yeah. just like really, they're really doing. And I think a part of it is also like, I feel like Starks and Hobbs for like a while have been, have felt kind of just like kind of meh. Mm-hmm. And it's been kind of sad because they're both really good, and I mean, especially Starks, man. Like Mike's skills plus in ring ability, like he's so good. And this is like the first time in like a a, a 
good while where we've finally been able to like really see both of them kind of like tear it up a little bit. Right. Yeah, no, that's fair. And um, that also just the idea of team Taz brings me to the next kind of mid card without a championship feud, um, which I still don't quite understand, but I'm very excited for uh, Dan Housen and hook. Um, I, what did you think of the uh, like Danhausen trying to curse Hook again and again being thwarted by whatever magical powers Hook clearly has? Oh, I didn't see the second one. I didn't see it. Okay, so this was on Rampage. Uh, it started off with Tony Schiavone saying he's going to interview Hook, uh, which was really funny because Taz at the desk was like, "Wait, what the fuck? He's interviewing Hook? <laughs> like he didn't know that this was happening." But then before Hook can say anything, Danhausen just comes over and says um, he is going to uh, curse Hook like he does everybody. So this is like the first time, actually, I think, that Danhausen's actually talked on AEW because I don't think he's actually done anything. I've watched a lot of his blogs, but I don't think he's been yeah. talking on camera. But yeah, yeah, he came out and he tried to curse Hook and it didn't work. And he's like, what the hell? Why didn't that work? Well, he didn't swear because Dan Housen's very nice and very evil and doesn't swear. Um, yeah, just still, I don't I don't know what the next step is, but it made me laugh, and it was the first time we got to hear Dan Housen on AEW television. So that was fun. Um, I like I really, that. like That'll be yeah, interesting. I don't, I don't mind the storyline. I'm just not sure, like, because Hook's on this tear, so I don't think he's going to lose to Dan Housen if they begin to a match. But what exactly will the match look like? Is it going to be just a straight, like, hook-style, you know, choke-out win? Or is Dan Housen going to get some offense in? Yeah, I don't know. That will be, that'll definitely be really interesting. I am curious to see. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. As you can probably tell, I've become a very big Dan Housen fan. Even though he hasn't talked on TV, I've done my own research. Uh, so, um, yeah, next thing I can think of would be the uh, tag titles. Um, they're pretty much just tied to the world title at the moment with the uh, yeah the uh, Undisputed Elite, which I love very much. Um, what did you think of the victory celebration? I don't know um, if you... I'm trying to remember. So, okay, I'll refresh your memory. So I remember the, the box. Yep, so the, the Undisputed Elite, which is what I'm going to call them from now on, came out with all three titles with duct tape with their names on them, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, I thought that was smart. And then they just they took a box out of the corner and said, this is our, and it said party box on it, and they opened it and like three balloons came out. Yeah. And they just did a promo about how they couldn't steal the titles because you can't steal what's, uh, what is your property. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just a really good heel promo that led to uh, Hangman Adam Page coming out. And part of the reason I want to talk to you about it was because I thought you'd really appreciate that they gave a really um, good in-story reason why Hangman was able to basically beat all three of them from the ring because uh, they were talking about how they were drinking champagne the whole day. And yeah. uh, Kyle even sat down like, oh, I need to sit down for a minute. I actually thought that was really funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was about to like, Oh, actually, I I, I got to sit down. I got to sit down. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it goes back to the um, the knee pad thing from the match uh, with Adam Cole. Like it gives a reason why Hangman's able to beat all three of them and get them to run out of the ring for Jurassic Express to attack him from behind. 
Yeah. So. No, I did really like that. It was really, oh, man, that was really funny. Dude, I, I, I fucking love Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> I really uh, do. He's so good. He's so I, funny. I'm looking forward to the day. I there, There's going to come a day, I think, where we're going to see that for real, where all yeah. three of them will have those titles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the one thing that I'm kind of surprised about uh, is I really, I don't, I, what's going to, I mean, I, we know what's going on with the Young Bucks, but uh, I'm curious as to what's going on with the Young Bucks in terms of this. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, they just kind of vanished. They, yeah, they kind of stepped aside from it back when they did the, um, Adam Cole's going to pick a partner to go against Tame and Adam Page. And they yeah. just sort of said, we're not going to do it. And they haven't done anything since. So I don't know. I think what they've, maybe this, they might be like uh, just doing a, like kind of a mini swerve. But I think what the idea might be is to park the bucks over here, you know, do stuff with them, but not engage with the uh, all uh, undisputed elite anymore until Kenny comes back. Oh, or maybe. Maybe it's possible that they can do the three on three thing. So, maybe. That's kind of unfortunate because I was really hoping for a for a young buck hangman like mm-hmm. reconciliation, basically. They could definitely still do it. I mean, I just I think at least for the next couple weeks, um, I'm gonna assume it's gonna be more about FTR and the Bucks. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know, maybe you know what I could see happening. Maybe this happens. Maybe Young Bucks and FTR do their stuff, and then maybe Red Dragon wins the titles from Jurassic Express, mm-hmm. and then after that, maybe it's like a and then like and Adam Cole maybe wins the title from Hangman, and Hangman wants his title back, and the Young Bucks end up being like his help basically, and that ends up being the new feud to kind of like take Jurassic Express out of it. Maybe that could be that could be true, and it's literally yeah. the only reason. Because man, and you also have what's going on with like the the Dark Order, you know, like right. with Hangman. Yeah, that's weird too, because that's sort of like it's still there, but it's still very much on the back burner as far as like importance. Yeah, um, they kind of just glossed over the oh, I'm sorry, I pushed you, Alex, and uh, moved on really from it. Um, and now the Dark Order were are. It seems like they're going to start fighting with the House of Black, which I think is kind of a really cool idea because the House of Black is sort of like the evil version of the Dark Order or the, yeah. the Dark Order. Basically, the yeah. basically like the beginning of Dark Order. Like they're kind of like how Dark Order started, only like right. better. Which maybe kinda. yeah, maybe just a little bit more intensity and and uh, taking themselves just slightly more serious. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, creating a throne out of random jobbers is pretty fun, but it's not that serious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, like I said, I don't know. I I think part of it is that I really do think they wanted to do, um, they had to have wanted to do Omega in the box versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon, but Omega, if we there's no timetable on his return, so they might have to refocus that because I think you're right Adam Cole in the Bucks or not Adam Page in the Bucks um, versus Red Dragon and Cole would be a good substitute for that so yeah 
Um, ah, it's weird. Because like realistically, yeah. Hangman was never. Re- it was always Hangman was always kind of like on the outside of the elite, anyways. Right. It was always it was always kind of like Kenny and the Young Bucks were like the main three, right. and then you know Hangman and even Cody. Honestly, were always kind of more just like out on the outskirts right. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and there was like a little bit of a like an update on Kenny. I saw him accepting like a wrestler of a year, the year award, and he said that this uh, that it motivates him to be standing here next year to be the wrestler of the year for 2022 which made me think, okay, maybe that means he's really trying to get back in the ring, especially if he wants to do a rest of the year by the end of 2022. So, like, yeah. hopefully sometime this year. Uh, maybe. I would, has he maybe. had, like, I, I mean, has he even had, like, the surgeries that he needs yet? I don't know. Everything I've seen says because of COVID and, and just the way hospitals are in general that he has been able to get in. But right. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I would have seen the thing that says, Omega undergoes surgery if he had done it. Yeah, uh, same here. So I really don't think so, but hopefully it'll happen soon. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm sure there's stuff that I've seen that I wanted to mention, but I can't think of it now. Is there anything else from the wrestling world that you want to bring up before we get into our uh, question? No, I think that was pretty much it. Okay. So uh, the question tonight actually came to me when I was like just going through stuff and I saw somebody, I think I just saw somebody comment about MJF that MJF is the best talker um, ever, like period. And I sat there for a minute. I was like, no, that can't be true. Cause there's like the rock, there's Piper, there's all these other people. But when I really thought about it for a minute, I was like, the only thing that I can count against MJF as far as being the best talker period is the fact that all of those guys, I have an entire career to look at. And with MJF, it's only a few years. So really the only thing that is standing his way of being the greatest talker is time. Um, so I wanted to know like, what's your, like, what is your opinion? Am I overestimating him or um, what do you think? I think that it's one of those things where, it, well, it is time. Like, we, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we we have no way of knowing what's going to happen in the future. Uh, right. I will say that the stuff he is, I mean, his promo so far has been some of the best stuff I've ever heard. Right. But then again, I'm, I haven't, like, nah, I mean... The only the only real like talkers I guess that I can really compare him to for me is people like like CM Punk, mm-hmm. like like a Rock, you know. Austin, but I can't, yeah. yeah, but I can't really compare him to guys like Piper and stuff because I for I don't go back and watch. I've I've seen them on like pay per views, you know. I can't. Right. I don't. I'm. I can't go back and watch like weekly shows and stuff. You know what I mean? Right. And same with like Flynn and stuff like that. Also, (laughs) honestly, I, I will say one thing I will say is that, and this, this alone will probably be controversial enough. I do Mm -hmm. think MDS is, is better on the mic than Ric Flair ever was. 
I like I could I understand that. Um, Ric Flair, Ric Flair has a certain energy to his promos that I think is why people love him and look back at him so fondly. But he was also that energy could go get get carried away with him, and he would be almost incoherent at times. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I I I would I would definitely I think I would agree with you there. I. It's hard to say because of everything Flair did, but at the same time, I understand exactly why you said it, and I think I might agree because I think more often than not, you're going to get the Flair that goes just crazy and, you know, starts elbowing his jacket for no reason. Yeah. Then the Flair that's like giving the promo at the end of the Royal Rumble, the tear in my eye prayer or uh, promo. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so I think. I think we're both uh, really in agreement there. I w- I'm, would be interested to see what everybody else thought uh, thinks about this. But, yeah, I think it really comes down to, at this point, if MJF – it's not even a question of, like, because I think it's all his talent. It's more of a question of does he get a, an injury that unfortunately ends his career soon so that he doesn't have that catalog to compare to the guys that did it for 30 years. Um I don't know. There's there's a couple of things that are like pitfalls that could happen, but barring anything like that, I don't see anything that stops him from being the greatest talker in the world unless he somehow stops being able to be coherent. Um, yeah. And there's ways that so, can happen, but I don't think it's going to happen from yeah. what I've seen. I um, also will say that in terms of like mic skills and stuff, that it's pretty uh, like it. Like with anything when it comes to people enjoying stuff, like it's pretty subjective. Mm-hmm. So like we may, even if we eventually end up thinking that he's like the greatest talker of all time, like that's just our opinion, you know, like it's not like right. it's a fact. Right. That's true. There, and there's no way to really measure it. The only metric that anybody's ever measuring wrestling is dollars. Um so at that, if you, if you go by the dollars, like talking people into the seats, as they used to say, then mm-hmm. obviously he's not there yet because, well, he's still oh, he 24. Right. And that, by the way, is part of the reason that Ric Flair might be in that conversation because, love it or hate it, people came to see him after he talked, you know? So, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, you're right. There's no way to really quantify that, but we're just saying, in our opinion, He's really, really, really good. He's pretty much as good as anybody could hope to be. And if he continues to do this for a decade or two, it's going to be really hard not to put him in that conversation. So, Yeah, no, that's for sure. All right. Um, so, yeah, this uh, – let's see here. What's coming up? So this Monday we're going to do another episode of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, and then we're going to go back to going back and – fourth between the two of them uh then on wednesday just because there's some weird work stuff coming up and i didn't feel like working out the schedules and i have some stuff in the bank to use uh we're going to do a bank show with me and uh, dj madman uh where we watched the 1992 i think it was movie uh rockadoodle which is it's basically what happens when uh, who frames roger rabbit becomes really successful and other companies say hey we can do live action and uh cartoons too uh it doesn't mean it's bad but that's sort of what it was yeah um 
it was actually honestly when i tried to describe it to him uh like it made me sound like a crazy person but then when we watched it it was like oh yeah this actually does have a coherent plot so good for them i just it's just been so long i had forgotten the like the parts that make it a story if that makes sense anyway yeah no that makes sense you guys enjoy that um after that we're going to be coming back with another chaos at ringside and I think my my thought process was after the next cast of Ringside, I think I want to try and circle back and do uh, the first three episodes of Pokemon that we promised a while ago that you know scheduling screwed up. So that's yeah, that's my plan, and that should take us into uh, May at that point. So I Ooh. hope everybody enjoys all that. Uh, <laughs> Just as like a heads up for months down the line, DJ Madman and I just recorded a 4th of July episode, which will be coming out on the 4th of July. So yeah, uh, I just, I find it really, I love doing stuff like that sometimes where we record stuff way in advance for no reason. So <laughs> anyway, thanks to Eric Bowman for the theme song. Uh, please write us at Chaos Pacho with any suggestions, comments, mm-hmm. concerns, you know, recipes, whatever. <laughs> Like, like he lives off of your compliments, and no one is sending him compliments. That's that that's what's happening in our device. Uh, you can follow me at Last Gilchrist One on Twitter. You can follow me also at Last Gilchrist on TikTok, and uh, you can follow the show at Chaos Pod Show uh, on Twitter, and also search out Chaos everywhere on Facebook. Um, I like I said, I don't know if it's a closed group, but I feel like if you send a message uh we'll we'll let you in it's it's just a way for us to you know tell you about future episodes and stuff um yeah on that though unless you have anything else to add buddy i think we're good for tonight all right i think that sounds about it all right have a good night everybody and we will see you soon Deuces. Stop.